1: On today's show, the guys talk with Dr. Angela Elcordy about her new book and resources for educators interested in the science of learning. There's an East initiative update, information on upcoming appearances, all of that and more up next on Edutech Guys. Yeah. You're listening to The Edutech Guys. EdutechGuys.com. Hello, and welcome to EduTech Guys. I'm David Henderson. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. Yeah, welcome to the show. We've got an awesome program for you today. Yeah, really,
0: really great show. We're, we're visiting with, with someone we met at ICE last year, Dr. Yeah. Angela L. cordy and uh, talking about her new book, and uh, it's out and came out on the 10th of September. And I tell you what, if you're listening to the show, and you before you listen to maybe her part of the interview, you probably want to drop out to conferences.edutechguys.com. You'll find her in the list from ICE. And listen to that. Uh, We did about a 13-minute, 14-minute interview with her there. Great interview to listen to before you maybe hear this one.
1: Yeah. Or you could just listen to this one and then catch up after the fact. Since you're already here, why not stay and enjoy the show?
0: Or you could listen to this one, then listen to that one, then listen to this one again. You could. and that, <laughs> that would really help us immensely, actually. Killing dreams, David. Killing <laughs> dreams. So Killing the dreams. Listen, <laughs> catch us on the line, www.edutechguys.com, or jump out to the social medias. You can find us on the Twitters and on the Facebooks and the Face and the Instagrams and all those places. We're there. We are. At EduTechGuys. At? Everywhere. Looking back at you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> killing, our, through, killing dreams. Through, through our, our little emoji eyes. Yep. Yep. Impeachable. That was it. Wasn't that Hall and Oaks? Emoji eyes or y- <laughs> <laughs> I, th-
0: I thought it was method of modern love. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I was going to you're spelling out uh-huh. something.
1: No, it's not. I can't think that fast. Okay, I can, sorry. I can come up with, you know, emoji eyes, but I can't spell anything on the fly.
0: You know, it doesn't seem like school's been in session as long as it's been in now. You know, I mean, here in Arkansas, we're, we're almost at the nine week mark for the first set of report cards. Crazy. Yeah, everybody else is hitting that month mark, you know if they mm-hmm. started Labor Day or so after Labor Day. And um, it, this is interesting. I mean it's um knock, knock on wood. It's going it's going pretty good. <laughs> Hello? Somebody Hello somebody there? Somebody there? Hello? <laughs> somebody knocked I think somebody's burning leaves outside, but I don't think it's leaves. <laughs> a little crazy <laughs> it's up a, in here.
1: It's a different kind of leaves.
0: You know it's funny we haven't had an interview um, on the show in a long time. We've been it's just been you and I. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Just you and I. oh wait, us. that's, Just the two that's of what I was going for.
0: Is that what you're going for? Yeah, not not
1: no. Ebony and
0: I, <laughs> <really> <laughs> no, that's not it either side. <laughs> uh, <laughs> although you did you did do a great Michael and Jackson Michael Jackson impression, you know, for Halloween one time. I, I did. That's, I, that's I, yes. actually still your emoji. That's actually still your contact picture on my phone. Really? <laughs> yeah, my, my Michael is, Jackson. Is, yes. your, your Michael Jackson picture is that? That is actually you. When you dressed
1: as Michael Jackson. Oh, I see that. Yes. Yes. And
0: you had on the the doctor's mask. You know how you used to wear those all the time?
1: I had the the curly wig and the doctor's mask and the the glove and the the glasses. He
0: didn't do anything else. He didn't pull any Canadian prime minister on this bad boy. David did it the right way. I didn't hang any babies out the window. (laughs) He was appropriate and all. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> Although so many, I did think your nose popped off at the end, but uh, I don't remember. We had trouble
1: finding that puppy too, boy.
0: Is that a giraffe? No, no, it's not a giraffe. <laughs> I've got lines running around no, the place. No, well, Chris. No, this is,
1: <laughs> no Chris. We are, we are so off the Go rails. Go sit in the
0: car, Chris. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Uh, you brought you guys for think. Okay, well, it was fun listening to the edgy tech guys. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, <laughs> please visit us on the web. Tell us how things are going. We hope your school year is going great. Um, our school year is going pretty decent. Um, I think it is. Uh, David and I are doing our tech thing and trying to keep our places running well. Um, but we also want to thank our sponsors and those that help us put this show out there. And one of those sponsors is Concordia University, which, you know, has some
1: really neat stuff. That it's really helping kids with a lot of challenges. Yeah, I think there's some really cool stuff happening in uh, higher ed. Uh, you know, I, I've been in education for over 25 years and uh, I've seen many challenges as myself when I was a student, seen challenges. Uh, in fact, I was a, a teacher a couple of semesters ago and, you know, there are things that students have to face every day and it's things that a lot of us don't even think of or that we take for granted. You know, whether it's going to school hungry or not being able to see a doctor. When they're sick.
0: Well, you know, and just like adults in the workplace, you know, those are the kind of things that make it a challenge for kids to focus on learning. Uh, So, you know, it's really awesome. And thankfully, Concordia University in Portland is leading the way with their three to PhD program. It helps students combat fears, uh, you know, freeing them up to pursue
1: their highest dreams. Yeah, they are revolutionizing education by creating a holistic model. It provides groceries and healthcare, even clothing to students right there on campus. It helps them thrive, and it helps our communities strengthen and grow. And to make it even easier, uh, Concordia's College of
0: Education offers online and on-campus programs where students have the opportunity to learn about a more compassionate approach to education and to see how nurturing the whole student
1: can lead to some amazing things. Yeah, I gotta tell you what, if you wanna learn more about this and other ways that you can help students conquer their own monsters and achieve their highest dreams, Visit cu-portland.edu slash let's conquer. That's cu-portland.edu slash let's conquer. Hashtag Hashtag nurture, nurture, educate, educate, grow. grow.
0: Hey, welcome back to the of Tech, guys. We're really excited to have our next guest on, and it's yeah. good to see her again because we got to visit with her in ICE uh, last of winter. Last yeah, of,
1: or at ICE, ICE, ICE. in yeah, ICE, so cold.
0: <laughs> 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 But we're going to let her introduce herself and tell us who she is and all that kind of good stuff. So yeah. here we go.
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Dr. Angela L. Cordy. I am the assistant professor of learning sciences and uh, director of our um, learning technologies program here at National Lewis University. This is actually um, an online program that we run
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, last, uh, I, I remember our conversation last time we got into baking. I remember that. Yeah. That, we, that was, uh, <laughs> yeah. we were talking
1: about Every, everything. We, we tied everything into, into
0: into cooking. Now I'm hungry again. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> I remember that too. One of my students said, Oh, I love the baking
0: analogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I think we jumped straight into cake, didn't we? Yeah, that's I exactly that's what we jumped right. <laughs> into. <laughs> <My favorite laughs> <topic. laughs> <laughs> Mine too. So <laughs> what's great is um, we were talking then, and, and now your new book is out Um, it came out September the 10th it's on Amazon and other places Amazon being the biggest place you can get it Um, uh, let's talk about it let's talk about your your book what's the title and uh, what's the gist to let our listeners know what's out there
2: super well thanks for asking the title of the book is design Ed. Uh, connecting learning science research to practice is actually an ISTE publication. So it's available from the ISTE website too, as well as Amazon, maybe more reliably than the Amazon at this point in time. Um, And the book is a a guide really for practicing educators, uh, an introduction to the learning sciences and using technologies. The book is, um, based off a course that I teach um, here at National Lewis um, through the online program about uh, uh, introduction to learning sciences and technology. So uh, I developed that course, I've been teaching it for uh, several years, and the book came out of that. And my colleague, Dr. Ann Kinnaman, was kind enough to help me along the journey.
0: That's awesome. That is great. So let's let everyone know. Uh, let's let's talk about that, you know, connecting the learning science to practice, because we, we discussed this the last time we talked, because that is an ongoing. It's an ever changing uh, piece. And so it's going to continue to grow and change and morph into what we need it to. But let's talk about um, what, what you uh, what you discuss in the book, pr- preferably. I mean, right off the top. Sure.
2: Um, the book is divided into two parts. Mm-hmm. So part one um is where we discuss um, learning theories, learning in the digital age, uh, mind, brain, and cognition, um, and new advances that uh, from the learning sciences that are making its way into making their way into practice. So instead of being in the ivory tower, so to speak, with, um, uh, with other researchers, this. Knowledge is really coming down to where it's very practical. Um, and there's been a surge of interest in the learning sciences in the past two to three years. So we talk about um, learning uh, design as a, um, teaching as a design science and that looking for evidence of impact and being very mindful of how you measure for that. Looking at the instructional practices that you're using and um, understanding how impactful they are for what you're trying to accomplish. So, um, we talk about uh, Hattie's work, we talk about um, uh, new discoveries, um, and in, um, as I said, mind, brain, and education, such Mm -hmm. as uh, Dr. Marielle Hardiman's. uh, Brain targeted teaching principles, and so there's a lot of work going on in the field to make this teacher friendly. And uh, certainly, this book is written to be um, very teacher friendly and very practical.
0: See, that's that's so, great. I, I I have this having spoken to you before, and and now it all you know how it all floods back. I I think that this is the book for, at the right time. And and I guess one one thing I want our listeners to understand is that. You know, when they hear things like this, because th- those words, you know, learning science, you know, that can really scare people. But what they need to understand that this book is not going to tell them to change everything they're doing. It's going to help them understand better what they're doing and how to better use what we have to get everything out of it we need. Mm-hmm. I know that's maybe really lame in terms, but I think that our listeners would like to you know, know that that's exactly what it does.
2: Well, yeah, that, that is exactly right. And, and that's really in practitioner terms, too. So um, what in my teaching and throughout the book, we, we like to really um, uh, emphasize that teachers are already using some of these practices. But, you know, how you use some practices and they work or they don't work and you reflect on why. Well, the science behind it really helps you have more of a chance to be effective and impactful every time. So it's really simple just looking for ways to um, purposefully uh, understand how much impact and and what kind of strategies you need to use. So it's really very helpful. And the science of learning is definitely not uh, not really scary. It's a powerful tool. Uh, My students think that all teachers should have this information and i know that because i measured it i asked them (laughs) in surveys um and uh what i'm really really excited about is that some of my graduate learners they're all practicing teachers have shared some of their strategies in the book so that's really exciting
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, so uh, you know not only they're getting the the theory and the science behind those you know, the, the theories themselves. Um, and then not only are you providing uh, or you and your, your co-author are providing those uh, practices, but we get to see the practices actually in work, you know, in in the classroom. This is how this worked in my classroom from the students who took your class. And I think that's one of the things, I know we touched on this when we talked uh, back at ICE, and, and you've sort of uh, talked about it um, kind of a little bit through this, but I think it's very important for folks to understand that your students are practicing teachers. They are teachers who are already in the classroom, who are in service. So they're the, you, you know, you've got, you kind got, of you got have your own built in lab yeah. right there. <laughs> Instant <laughs> lab. That's awesome.
2: Yes, it's really exciting that um, my uh, learners are teachers um, working in the pre K through 12. and and sometimes there are also um, educational uh, leaders as well. These concepts apply to all of it. And I think that a huge problem with, you know, this idea of learning science as being scary is is bringing it down to a concrete practice. And Mm -hmm. so that's really what we've tried to do through the use of uh, images and organizing tools and the use of real life examples We have um, suggested activities that you could use to start off in your classroom to kind of practice um, what you've just read. We also have a section on um, thinking like designers whereby we give you an instructional problem. So this book um, is designed for use for teachers, but it's also um, designed as a possible textbook such as I use
0: it for my course too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have a question. So um, what do you find, it? which teacher group do you find easier for them to grasp these concepts? Uh, New teachers right out of the block or veteran teachers like your grad students? Which ones actually grasp the concept easier and start to apply it in the classroom faster? Have you noticed that?
2: yes i have noticed that's a great question and if you think about you know how do we learn learning is just a change in experience right it's a change in our brain as a result of experience so the the more uh, experiences you have the more prior knowledge you have Mm -hmm. and the way that our brain You know, simplified the way that our brain stores information is in schema or categories, right? So, that one of the first things our brains do is say, okay, well, where have I encountered this before and where does it fit when I want to knit it together with the prior information?
0: Mm
2: -hmm. So long, long way to say around, say that teachers who have Mm -hmm. some experience really are able to leverage these ideas because they're using some of these practices, but not exactly um, with the understanding of why they work.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, or as you had mentioned before, why some of the practices that they've been using and trying aren't quite working, and it, and it could be some, just a little tweak here or a tweak there that, oh, I didn't realize, I, I see where this is falling short, and now I've got the theory and the the sample practice that I can put that into practice and make that adjustment for my students and see if in my classroom and in my teaching, does that change or, or how does that change affect what I'm doing in the classroom myself. Hmm. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Something as simple as, um, for example, motivation. Um, a lot of teachers think that perhaps uh, students should be internally motivated, but there's a whole range of reasons why they may not be internally motivated yes. and understanding some of those reasons give you some tools to kind of troubleshoot. Well, you know, depending on the age, is it, if, do we have a hungry kid? Do we have a kid that's, you know, you're talking about uh, fishing and ponds and they live in an urban context and they just don't know about ponds, you mm-hmm. know. Yes. So, um, and that can be demotivating if it's boring. Um, Dr. Judy Willis says that um, boredom is painful. Um and she's a a neurologist turned middle school teacher, so she really (laughs) knows her stuff. And so that can cause students to be demotivated. You give them the wrong feedback or inconsistent or um, uh, non-targeted feedback, they can get um, demotivated. And like, like driving like riding a bike you know in the, in the beginning it may seem like a lot of things to kind of keep in mind but after some time and some practice it all becomes second nature and it really does reinforce what teachers good teachers are doing um every day in the classroom
0: yeah so i have, I have another you, you just keep uh, pinpricking my brain and i keep thinking of all these questions so In training teachers and helping teachers become learning designers, exactly what we're talking about here, helping them in their environment, becoming the designers of the learning for their particular students in that section, in that, that classroom. Um, How does the book give us a basic concept that helps them jump into it so that they can understand that it's going to grow into intermediate and advanced concepts of building a a learning environment out of design in that classroom.
2: Well, um, I think knowing your learners is a really powerful um, concept, and having the, the concept of relationship, which good teachers know, can, in is extremely powerful in um, in in the classroom. Well, understanding why it works, you know, how our brains are wired to be social learners, how um, way back when we you know we learn through certain ways, such as. Um, imitating others and observing. Um, And so now what does that look like in the modern context in terms of uh, collaboration, uh, collaboration over digitally mediated um, in digitally mediated context? So for example, how do you know about your learners? Mm -hmm. Some teachers have wonderful strategies to find out about their students. Um, As a higher ed now I'm higher ed, I was a, princ- a school principal and uh, I taught in K-12 for for several years, but I'm learning, I have learned that it's just as important in higher ed to ask my students about themselves. Mm-hmm. And actually I was talking to the dean about this yesterday, I use learning surveys. I asked them, is there anything that um, you would like me to know about, you know, what's going on with you? Um, or I ask them, how do they learn best? And so I ask them to develop their own metacognition at the same time, finding out about them. And my suggestion is um, that uh, I've incorporated that assignment for um, my students to work with their students and they, the kids are excited and, uh, you know, somebody's asking me something. Yes, <laughs> yes,
1: yes, <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: because otherwise, <laughs> Despite how well-meaning we are, we're just making assumptions, right? Right,
0: right. Well, you know, and that really hits on the point that everything that's meaningful that we learn and on our own um, has to be personable, and, and and that's really true. It has to make that impact. And in a large classroom, I think sometimes we forget that. Especially over the past decades, we've kind of forgotten that it's just not the herd mentality. We've mm-hmm. got to get right down to the individual. Um, so, with another question. Um, <laughs> In creating this, I think we live in a glorious time now of creating our own learning, you know, areas, our own learning curriculum because of digital media and digital environments. Um, can you speak on that a little bit? Would, would you agree with me?
2: <laughs> um, I, I agree that we're living in a wonderful, glorious time. And uh, while the idea of personalizing or individualizing curriculum may seem um overwhelming if you think of it conceptually it's really very necessary because now we don't know where our students are getting information from we don't know what they know so imagine 50 years ago you would understand you know if you were teaching um, a class of sixth graders you would kind of know about their basic experiences right Mm -hmm. but now you don't and that speaks to prior knowledge so it also speaks to the nature of knowledge itself and what we value and what we think is important and learning outside the classroom is just as important and should be valued and by personalizing using simple design principles um, teachers can honor their students outside the class knowledge and get them excited and motivated. Yeah. I think it's, it's a must. It absolutely is a must, especially with our diverse learners.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things that, one of the things that I have found interesting from just, you know, just being a part of this, but also, um, in taking your your book, which is is talking about um, these strategies and putting in, putting them into practice, and another component of that is using technology to do so, and for the most part, we have yet to mention technology <laughs> at all, which I think is both it's fascinating, you know, and and it's wonderful saying that you know you don't need air quotes the technology to talk about the things that we're talking about however since that is a focus of of what you do in your book and with your students let's and and we are edu tech guys let's talk about some technology
2: (laughs) (laughs) well um we talked about uh basically part one which is the why and how Mm -hmm. and as we know Using technology is something that flows; it should flow naturally from instructional um, objectives, practice, and uh, you know, um, be a tool rather than something that is um, integrated after the fact. Mm-hmm. So, in um, in the book. Um, we talk about, um, I designed a, a, just a framework. I know there's a lot of frameworks out there. A framework to help students think through, you know, how are you going to design? It's called the LIGHT framework. So it encourages um, teacher designers to think of uh, the learners, because of learner variability, uh, the instructional practices, the technologies, the digital tools and technologies, and the whole environment, because um, there's a big, along with the idea of learning science, there's a return to this idea of educating the whole child, Mm -hmm. because it, you know, environment does matter. Mm -hmm. So, um, and how do we know the impact of the technology and what exactly we're doing with it? It's something that I ask um, when I teach the doctoral um, educational leaders to consider is okay. Well, how do you know that X, Y, or Z um, technology is helping with the learning? What is your evidence? Right. And so um, there's a, there is a shift going on in um, the educational field, but by and large, the answer. To me, is reminiscent of the idea of you know, students are engaged. They're all around tools and technologies, and you know, engagement is a piece. But do you know if you're actually you know just substituting um, one activity for another using uh, a Google Doc instead of a pencil? Right. And what we try to do in the book, we we break up the four Cs. Critical thinking, communication, collaboration, and creativity, and we've tried really hard to um, uh, integrate the use of technologies as as a tool and leverage it for you know whatever tools you've got. Meaning that there should be some equity. Stance, and this, we don't talk about robotics and you know things that are not accessible for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's absolutely essential that the ways of thinking um, it, through using computers be accessible for as many as possible. Mm-hmm. So yeah. simpler the better, but thinking very deeply about their use, yeah. and that could just mean asking questions in a different way.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: That's a that's that's one of the things and and I think that's the the part that I'm I'm seeing where technology has changed in such a way especially lately where we're not platform specific anymore and and I love that. I love that we're finally getting away from you have to have this platform or this app or this thing to get it done. And um, the students pick on that, pick up on that way before we do. <laughs> so um, I think that's going to be the interesting thing to see what's going to happen. And I can't wait to hopefully talk to you at, I, at ICE, what's well, not called ICE this next year, is it? Um, uh, no, uh, whatever, but, whatever the new name is. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to see in the spring. I would love to talk to you again. And after you know, this book has taken off and teachers are starting to use it, and we're seeing with, we're seeing even more data come in about it and find out what they're learning from their students um, to use with what they're learning from your book, mm-hmm. you know, from learning these new ideas and, and, desi- and learning design. I think we're going to see some amazing things happen over the next few months, uh, years, because of this this concept and and we hear more and more about it and um we want to thank you for bringing it to our attention even more when we met you because you know we hear a lot about it but i'll be honest with you i didn't understand it or or even uh, you know understand the the concept until we talked to you the very first time Mm -hmm. and so that really clears up a lot for me and it's interesting you're right i see it in the classrooms i visit and they don't know they're doing it and and that's the Mm -hmm. interesting part yes Mm -hmm.
2: So it can be very, very, very simple. For example, the teacher that says, um, "Okay, um, so yesterday we learned about um, as, uh, the water, the water cycle," mm-hmm. or the teacher that says, "Okay, so what did we learn yesterday about the water cycle?" Yeah. So we're really talking at a very high level about purposeful practices. Mm-hmm. And I think that anybody could, you know, uh, switch up their, um, their practice and make it uh, more impactful just by learning a few tips.
0: That's really awesome. Absolutely. Well, that is great. We're really excited about your book. We're really excited for you. Um, Thank you. We're excited for, for what that's going to open up and your opportunity to share with more and more people, yeah. especially being with ISTE and, you know, having your book out there. So, uh, Dr. Elcordy, what's the best way, if our listeners want to reach out to you and pick your brain or steal your ideas or anything like that, what's the best way that they can do that?
2: Uh, well, they can uh, hit me up on Twitter at at elkorda e-l-k-o-r-d-a they can um email me i have um some resources that i'm uh happy to share if if uh that i can share on twitter mm-hmm. happy to do that um, my email is a elcorti at nl.edu
1: that's easy. And <laughs> awesome. I'd love
2: to hear from folks. Okay, cool. from
1: folks.
0: Awesome, oh, and I great. want to say one more one more time. It's Design Ed: Connecting Learning Science Research to Practice. It came out on September 10th. You can get it at the ISTI site. You can get it at Amazon. Uh, definitely want to read this book. Definitely want to put it into practice and become a learning designer because that's what we all need to be. Thank you for coming Thank on you. the show. Thank you
2: so much. It's wonderful to see you both again. Hi,
1: there. My name is April Jackson, and this is your East update. This week, we hear from Administrator Marvin Burton, new principal at Southwest Little Rock High
3: School. He tells us
1: why he thinks it's pertinent to establish East
2: at the newly combined
3: my name is Marvin Burton, and um, I will be the new principal of the new Little Rock Southwest High School and that high school will be merging John L. McClellan and um, Jay Fair High School into one high school and both schools have these programs but the equipment in those particular labs are fairly antiquated so I wanted to get the, the cutting edge technology in a brand new high school to facilitate the learning and for these students as we move forward in more of a 21st century design. And I want my kids to learn more explorational type of learning so that they can equip themselves for different job opportunities because it will be an academy structure and EAST will be a component of the academy structure that we will be offering in this school. So I wanted to create as many different pathways if you will, or opportunities for our students to utilize technology to their advantage to learn different skill sets, both uh, solve and actually technology skills that will perpetuate their, their future. As a principal of um, middle school, Henderson Middle School I actually started the EAST program at Henderson. Um, when I was there, I was a principal there for seven years and serving as the deputy superintendent for the Little Rock School District <clears throat> for the past seven years. I worked with principals on establishing their EAST programs, attended the EAST conference in Hot Springs, uh, visited many of the, the EAST labs and so forth. So I was very familiar with what East brings to the table. And so it, it actually, actually has helped me to foster what I would like to see in a robust, high-performing East lab.
1: If you're interested in hearing more about East and how to get it established at your school, visit our website at eastinitiative.org or follow us on social media at The East Initiative. I am April Jackson, and this has been your East Update. Hey, we want to thank the folks from East Initiative for providing the update that they give to us each time here. Yeah, we really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, really cool stuff. We, well, I, li- I like hanging out with the East people. Yeah, that's right, man. Yeah. Matt Dosier and his beautiful singing voice.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> always makes it great. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Once again, thank you so much for Dr. El Cordy for uh, coming by and, and visiting with us again. Yeah.
0: We, we always learn something I do. And uh, it was great to meet her at ICE. Yeah. And uh, to to see, you know, we talk about a book all the time. You know, like oh, we know, we need to write a book. We need to. And we know a lot of people that write books, right? But it's really great to see uh, someone come, take that to fruition and get their idea out there. And uh, she, she has it came out September 10th. So don't forget to take a look at her book. It's it's really awesome on the ISTE website and on Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Pretty cool. And you know what? You can take a look at us live if you want <laughs> to. We're going to be at a few places. <laughs> the first place we're going to be is at the Technology and Curriculum Conference of Aldine. That's a TCCA. That's October to twenty October the twenty in Aldine, Texas. That's in the
1: Houston area. Yeah, and then we're going to be at the Illinois Education and Technology Conference on November 13th through the 15th, and that's in Springfield, Illinois.
0: And right now we're cooking up some juice trying to see if we're going to be at the Association of Educational Service Agencies 2019 conference. That's December 4th through 7th in Phoenix, Arizona. We'll let you know more about that on the social media and the website. Yeah, exactly. Hey, um have a great week out there. We hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, don't forget to take a look at the book from Dr. El Cordy. And uh, I've had a great time. How about you? Yeah, been great. We always have a good time.
1: We do, no matter, <laughs> no matter what happens. Jeff and I are having a good time, whether the rest of the yeah. world is just burning in a massive heap or whatever. Yeah, right. It doesn't you, matter. You're not killing our dreams. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm Jeff Madlock. Oh, I'm David Henderson. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the EduTech Guys. EduTechGuys.com. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it.